Well, hi, this is Pastor Mitch Horton with the Victory Church Weekly Podcasts. I've been pastor here at Victory Church since 1994, and I've been teaching and preaching God's Word for over 42 years. In my podcast, I want to take time to share biblical concepts with you, breaking them down in a way that's meaningful, easy to understand, and will help create a strong foundation for your spiritual growth. I want to see you grow closer to God, and I firmly believe that if you'll take the principles I teach and apply them to your life, that you'll start to see God moving in your life like never before. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Well, it is an exciting day to be alive, and I'm glad to be back with you on our Victory Church weekly podcasts. And I hope you're doing well. Hey, uh, I would encourage you to uh, let me know that you're hearing us uh, encourage you to give this a thumbs up on whatever apparatus you're on uh, to like it. Let us know that you're listening to it. I value your comments and information about our podcast, so feel free to contact me at uh, pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. And uh, here we are into the year 2024, and boy, time is moving fast, isn't it? It's incredible that we're coming to the uh, to, to a, an abrupt end of twenty. Uh, of January 2024. So I got something on my heart I want to I share today. And um, we had um, uh, the Holy Spirit manifest frequently in our services and different things happen. And here a couple of Sundays ago, the Holy Spirit manifested yet again. And I just got to tell you where we are in the body of Christ. God is wanting to do something, I believe, spectacular and uh, different. Uh, in local churches and in our services, and um, I want to talk about that because that's where Victory Church is moving. You know, uh, back last March, I think it was March 19th of last year, 2023, um, the Lord dealt with me, in fact, this time last year, January of 2023, that he wanted me to go cut out one of our Sunday morning services. Boy, I sure didn't want to do it, but he kept dealing with me, dealing with me, and then the reason why um, was not because we didn't need the space, but uh, because he wanted to do something different in the content of our meetings, and having two services back to back seemed to hinder, um, just hinder an, an easy, an easy um, uh, flow of the Holy Spirit that was unencumbered and um, and good. So uh, I, you know. Pray January, February, then March last year, March 19th is the first time in 19 years that we went from two Sunday morning services to one. We've got, uh, here we are all these months later from March 19th, here we are January 2024, and I tell you, um, our services, we're packing it out, uh, a lot of people are coming, uh, it's really good, um, but the reason, again, I did that because is because I had the unction of the Spirit to uh, just create an environment for the Holy Spirit uh, to manifest Himself once again. And so usually uh, during the week I have a, um, a meeting with my staff team, with some of my staff team members. And so, you know, just to critique our Sundays and how we're doing and how did the service go and, you know, how was the worship, how was the Word, uh, how was the before and after um, uh, time in the services in our foyer in the parking lot with children's ministry, et cetera, et cetera. So we were talking about that, and the gist of the conversation 
uh, this past time when we had it was that we talked about our services and the Holy Spirit manifesting. And they made a comment that, that I think is true. Some of my staff team members, several of them, said the same thing. And it was that, that people are, 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 are looking for, for something. They're looking for genuine. They're looking for real. They're looking for something that's not plastic or made up. They're not looking for a facade. They're looking for real. And so, um, and they're looking for that in every area of life, particularly the younger people. And one of my staff team members mentioned generation, uh, the Generation Z, which is the young people in their in their twenties and such, um, and just how they're they're looking for something that's absolutely genuine. And in the local church, let me just say, it seems as though over the past number of years. We have lost some of that genuineness, and we begin to do things to help our churches grow, to help attract new people. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with churches growing, and there's nothing wrong with uh, with churches attracting new people. But again, we, we want to make sure we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and that, in the, that is in the name of, of being organized and structured. They don't lose the sense of the presence of God. And that was the gist of our conversation was that people are looking for God in reality, uh, they want a relationship with the Lord that is vital, that actually makes a change in daily life and behavior and helps them with the pressures. And let's be real. We're living in a pressure-packed time right now. The world is undergoing changes uh, in, 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 a, a rap, in, a rapidly, in a rapid way that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And it looks like uh, we are could be the generation that sees Jesus come back having said that. God wants to do something fresh in the church. All of my Christian life, you've heard me say this many times if you've been at Victory Church, all of my Christian life, we have, uh, we, it has been said and preached and whatever that, that before Jesus comes back, there was going to be a tremendous moving of the Holy Spirit. I heard Lester Summerall say that in person. I heard Kenneth Hagin say that as I attended his meetings in person. And I read about Smith Wigglesworth and others saying uh, something very, very similar. Of course, Joel, the prophet Joel in the Old Testament, Joel 2 he said, it'll come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And during that pouring out of the spirit mentioned in Joel uh, 2, 28 through the end of the chapter, it seems like it's a volatile time when the Holy Spirit is poured out. And that is, it mentions, uh, Joel mentions uh, blood and fire and pillars of smoke before the great and notable day of the Lord. And see, that's a time, but that seems to typify a time of war. So uh, I can see two things happening as the Holy Spirit's poured out before Jesus comes back. If what they're saying is true, and I believe it is, uh, it'll be a volatile time. It could be a war time. It could be a time of tremendously great instability and change, uh, um, really worldwide. And we're seeing that right now. At the same time, on the other end of the spectrum, there's the Holy Spirit manifesting himself. And you've heard me say this, but uh, I had, uh, during my studies, I had two courses on the history of revival in the Christian church. And every single time in history without fail, when the Holy Spirit was poured out or God did something fresh among his people, it was usually during a time of, um, of challenge, uh, whether it was war uh, instability. Sometimes there were natural disasters that occurred, and uh, and and as a result, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and it f- feels like we're enter- entering into an era because there is such instability. Uh, we are just ripe for a moving of the Holy Spirit. So, said all that to say, we've we've kind of geared our Sunday morning services. If you've been to Victory Church, to where. 
listen, I study a lot. I love to study. I love the Word of God. I study a lot. I read a lot of books. I study Scripture constantly. And, you know, I've been in ministry since 1981. So, you know, there's a reservoir of the Word of God inside of me from all of these years of, uh, of being in ministry. And at the same time, I feel... I feel the tug of the Holy Spirit like I haven't in in a long, long time uh, where he is just desiring to manifest himself as God's people get together in a gathering that we call the church. The church is an assembly of called out people. We are the church of Jesus. Church is not a building. The church is the congregation in the building. God is wanting to manifest himself in his people these days. There are so many challenges and frustrations and we need the, the tangible presence of God to minister life to us. And we need to be quickened by the Holy Spirit when we get together. And so I feel the emphasis of that here at our church, Victory Church. And so I've been, uh, I've been talk, I talk about this along and along, but I just want to encourage you. Ask the Lord to manifest himself wherever you go to church. Ask the Father uh, to manifest himself in the church meetings that you have because two things need to happen. Believers, yes, we need to be encouraged. We need to be edified, built up in the Word. I study constantly and make notes and all that. Uh, At the same time, we also need the moving of the Holy Spirit in our services. And we as pastors and men and women of God who minister, we need to be willing to set our agenda and plans aside at times. It won't do it all the time, but when the Holy Spirit manifests himself and wants you to do something different, uh, he wants us to be willing to do it. Kenneth Hagin used to talk about these things when I lived in Tulsa in the 80s, and I would frequent his meetings. I was on staff at a church there in Tulsa, but when I had time, I would go to the meetings he ha- held on the Rama campus, and I was so blessed by his ministry and so appreciated uh, Kenneth Hagin's sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And uh, he would um, he would often say things like, uh, the average pastor wouldn't know the Holy Spirit if he came down the, the center aisle with a red hat on. He would say things like that, just saying that most people are unaware when the Holy Spirit wants to manifest. And I heard that as a young man. I wasn't yet in ministry uh, in the capacity I'm now as pastor. I've been here at Victory Church. This is my 30th year of being here. And it's a real blessing to be here. But I feel the Holy Spirit tugging us to allow him to manifest himself in ways perhaps we've not allowed him in the past. So I want to talk to you just a little bit about that. I see a real change coming in the church world. And and let me talk about that for a few minutes here. It may take the whole podcast. If so, we'll get back to it the next time. But way back in 2009, there was this guy who had a prophetic type ministry uh, that I would go see. And uh, I saw him a couple of times in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. The last time I think, well, the first time I went there was in 2009. He came in August of of 2009, and this guy began to minister. I took notes in the meeting, and I, I wrote down what he said. I took extensive notes, and um, anyway, I actually wrote them down, and I actually made a blog post out of them. But here's what he said, and it uh, it pricked my attention. Uh, he said that the Lord uh, uh, began to speak to Holy, that Jesus actually began to speak to him. And uh, he was in prayer in 2007, which is many, many years ago now. Uh, and the Lord showed him a division or a split that was taking place in the church world. And from that split, two types of churches would emerge. Uh, he said from that split in the church world, so to speak, there would be informational seeker friendly churches. And then he called them 
revelational God-seeking churches that will contend, this is his words, for the power of the Holy Ghost and power of the Word. And he felt empowered by the Lord to go and share that with pastors as he was having meetings in various places uh, in, the, in the United States. And then he said this. He said the Lord spoke to him and said that these, uh, these seeker-friendly informational churches, he called them, would grow greatly in popularity for the next period of time. And again, when I heard him, it, this was August of 2009, and that uh, this uh, movement would be very, very significant and would, would come to the forefront of the church world, particularly here in America, for the next number of years. That certainly happened. But then he said this, then he said that movement would begin to dwindle. And many of these churches that went the, went the um, uh, seeker-friendly informational way, uh, he said that they would... Uh, he said they would begin to have problems due to the works of the flesh and the spirit of the world um, uh, entering into them. And, and here we are all these years later. Now, he, he said he got that in prayer with the Lord in 2007. Here we are in 2024. And, you know, certainly what he said with the informational seeker-sensitive churches, they have absolutely come to the forefront over the last number of years. And, you know, personally, I've been to so many seminars that tell us you know, how to do church life, how to organize ourselves, how to structure ourselves. And certainly there's some really good points to all of that. And I have gleaned so much by going to seminars and people sharing how you can just put things in place that help you gain your members, help you help you disciple your people, how you can help people to uh, join smaller groups so they can get to know each other and and uh, how you can put things in place where people can be used with the skills and giftings and talents that God has placed in them. So I've gleaned a really a lot from uh, many of those seminars that I've gone to. Um, but what was left out of the seminar was the moving of the Holy Spirit. And it's over the past, and it's really bothered me over the past number of years how that's not been talked about. It's not been uh, catered to. And now here we are. All these years later, the world is coming apart, it seems, at the seams, so to speak. And at the same time, God wants to encourage his people. God wants to minister life to his people. God wants to draw us to himself in a, in a very, very, very fresh way. So uh, here I am as a pastor in this time, and, and I can see. And then he said, you know, there would come a time that these these churches that were seeker sensitive, so to speak, would come to the forefront, but there'd be a time that they would begin to diminish in popularity and the word and spirit churches that would preach the word flow with the power of the Holy Spirit, they would begin to rise back to the ascendancy once again. And I believe we're in the time that we're beginning to see that happen. I can tell you that in our service here at Victory Church on Sunday mornings, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm violating all the rules that I've been taught over the past number of years, but in that the the time limits of 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 a church service and such, but I'm noticing a hunger in people, whether they're young or old. I'm I'm noticing a hunger in people in their twenties and thirties, as well as their sixties and seventies on and beyond. Uh, people just hungry for God, hungry for something fresh. And I think the reason is is because of the uh, just the pressures that we all feel from every level of life. There is pressure. And that is unceasing, there is uncertainty, and things we've trusted for a long time are falling to the wayside and being changed, and and people are just concerned about themselves, they're concerned about their children, their grandchildren, they're concerned about their finances, and what's going to be happening in the future? Well, the good news is Jesus is coming back, but what I can see now is God asking 
people like me as a pastor of a local church to be sensitive to him, spend time in prayer, seek his face about what, this, what should be happening in the service. And it reminds me of what Brother Hagin said uh, when I lived in Tulsa those years and attended his services. He said, and I didn't understand it then the way I do now, but he would say, if you're a pastor, you need before every service, you need to get off and seek God and find out what he wants to do in that service and be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit and be willing to change when the Holy Spirit speaks to you to change. Now, I heard that way back in the early 80s, and here it is, 2024, and I can tell you that most all of the time, particularly on our weekend services, I do it on Wednesday nights too, but particularly on our weekend services where we have a lot of people attend, um, in my preparation time for those services, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on Saturdays. I'm, I'm pouring over the notes that I've made, what I believe God wants me to share. And then I'm doing a lot of praying, and I'm praying in the Spirit. And I'm saying, God, I, I ask you to manifest yourself in our service. I pray and ask, and you should too, ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to come into manifestation uh, in our services. I ask him for those kinds of things. And, and then I always leave this addendum at the very end. I say, God, if, um, you know, if you would prefer that I set aside what I have planned to speak, what I've studied out, and what I have sought you over and I have poured over in my study times, if you want to set that aside and do a, something completely different and you have a completely a different agenda for the meeting, you have my permission to set aside what I planned as a pastor and go and I'll go with what you what you inspire me to go with. And we have on occasion, we have those kinds of things happening. And I have a feeling, and we just had it happen here a couple of weeks ago, and I, I feel like we're going to have more and more of that kind of thing happen. Uh, we went to one service where we're gaining ground traction now and people are beginning to come and I'm going to have to go to another service. But let me say it won't be just butted right up against the end of a service prior to that because we got to have room for the Holy Spirit. Right now our services, we'll, we'll start on Sunday mornings at nine. We'll, we'll get done usually around between quarter to up till and 11 o'clock or so it's a couple of hours and that's really kind of unprecedented but you know what nobody wants to leave because you know we all feel and sense the presence of God and then there's just his freshness is in the atmosphere and friends that's the day we're living in and 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 I just want to encourage you I would encourage you to long for that um, and so I encourage you to go that direction. I want to share something, two things with you here. Uh, back in 2009, as I mentioned earlier, when I went to see this, this guy who had somewhat of a prophetic ministry in Gatlinburg, North Carolina, uh, North Carolina, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, um, and I was in the meetings there several days. Uh, he had two lists. He had characteristics of a, a seeker-sensitive church, informational seeker-sensitive church, he called. And then he had uh, characteristics uh, of a word and spirit church, or he called it a revelational church. And, and I want to just read that list um, just so you can think about it. Uh, and, you know, uh, we're just living in a day that God wants to do something absolutely fresh. The world is changing so drastically. The scripture that keeps coming to my mind is John 16, 13, where Jesus said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall, will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will show you things to come. He will take of what is mine. And will show it to you. And then he said, Jesus said, all that the Father has is mine. And he will take of what is mine and show it to you. So here we are living in this uh, day of just utter turmoil in so many levels of life. And now is the time for the Holy Spirit to begin to, 
speak to us as, as individual believers and then speak to us collectively as local churches. And, you know, he wants to minister life to the masses of people that live around us who don't know the Lord, who are, uh, who are uncertain as to what to do and what decisions to make based on, based on the challenges that uh, creep up day after day, week after week, and just keep piling up. So um, here are, he gave 13 points that identify these informational seeker-sensitive churches, and there were a number of points that, that he used to identify the Word and Spirit churches. And let me say it again. Uh, he mentioned, and here we are in the middle of it, it seems that there would be a, a lessening of the effect of the, of the um, uh, seeker-sensitive churches, and people would begin to gravitate back towards a word and spirit where the uh, church is, where the word of God is taught and where the Holy Spirit's allowed to manifest. So here are the th characteristics of a informational, he called it, seeker-sensitive church. Number one, uh, the churches started right but began yielding to seducing spirits uh, that Paul talked about in 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. I've got to read through this. As there's quite a bit here, so uh, you'll have to look up the scripture references and maybe pause the podcast and look them up yourself. Number two, he says these churches are based on man's plan and not on God's word. Now, that's a big challenge. Isn't it? And number three, he said the spirit of the world invades these churches. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that's begun to happen over the last number of years. Number four, the pastors of these churches begin to neglect time with God in prayer and in the word and more time spent, quote, playing than praying. Uh, oh, boy. Number five, he said the messages are based more on natural things and men's opinions than they are on the word of God. Number six, he says, uh, the church leadership will place an emphasis on outward appearance. Number seven, he said, these church services are designed to please people more than God. Number eight, people are left unchanged and leave the same way they come because the Holy Spirit's not present to change them. Number nine, he says, the messengers are not designed to demand a response from the people for fear of offending them. Number 10, the works of the flesh manifest through the leadership of the church and the people of these churches. Number 11, Jesus is standing at the door, knocking in these churches, wanting to come in and minister to them. He eventually rejects them. Uh, number 12, Satan has deceived these churches into believing a lie. Number 13, these churches eventually fall due to sin and false doctrine. And uh, so again, you know, those were his 13 points, and I did not give you. There's a bunch of scripture. If you want them, text me, email me, pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com, and I'll be glad to send them to you. But, you know, I've looked over that list, and, you know, there are churches that do these things in varying degrees, and, you know, the spirit of the world has really invaded the church in a, in a lot of ways in the past number of years, and I can vouch it as a pastor as we see people moving from other states into our area and then attending our church. You can just feel the looseness and the worldliness of the world as it seeks to creep into the church of the Lord Jesus. You can feel it, but now God is beginning to change that dynamic, and he's dealing with all of us asking us to uh, cleanse ourselves, as it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 7, 1, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. And we are to perfect holiness or perfect being set apart for God in our daily life. You can feel that. So, you know, those are pretty challenging statements. I read them fairly fast because I'm really looking at time here, but Go back and, uh, you know, rewind and listen to those 13 points 
you know, there's some, there's some, uh, uh, there's some reality to what he said about these churches that are looking just to attract people through natural means. There's nothing wrong with having a nice facility. You know, we have lights and we have all the things that make the lights look nice. We have a really nice sound system. We've got just a really comfortable building that we meet in as a local church. But let me tell you, I'm fully aware that you don't need that for the presence of God. I want it. I like it. You know, um, uh, for our culture, we usually live in nice homes and, you know, go to nice places. And so our church is kind of a representation, our building of our community and what we're accustomed to. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. But listen, I've been to other parts of the world. I've been to lean-tos. I've had church in lean-tos. I've had church under trees. I've had church out in an open field. Um, I've had uh, church under a brush arbor where the, uh, the minister ministers and people are sitting out in the sun with umbrellas over them. And you know what I found out? It doesn't limit the Holy Spirit. We've had church in ice skating rinks in Siberia. I mean, I've been, I've been in so many situations. I tell you, it's not the edifice that makes the church. It's the presence of the people and the hunger they have for God that makes the difference. And it's the presence of God that comes when people together hunger for God. And that's what he's wanting to do today. God wants to us to create an environment where the Holy Spirit feels so free to manifest himself in, in, uh, in conviction of sin, in the healing of the physical body, in the ministering to the mind and emotions of people, and to the spiritual lives of people. And he, he wants to create an environment where there's actually transformation. And, and you know, as, our, as our, our nation as a whole has left its moorings spiritually and and now it's just kind of every man does what is right in his own eyes in our nation. And we've forsaken uh, the foundational things that made us great. We've forsaken, in a large way as a culture, the Ten Commandments and what they espouse as to the kinds of lifestyles we should live and what we should as in bib as right versus wrong. And we've left those things in a large measure in our nation and and God is, uh, God is desperately asking people that know him to pray. We've been praying in our church for, my goodness, uh, well over a year now on, uh, during the week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, asking God for another awakening, praying for an awakening in the American church and the church worldwide. And we're beginning to see the signs that God is beginning to do some amazing things. Uh, this, um, uh, the prophetic guy that I went to see in August of 2009 uh, he mentioned not only seeker-sensitive informational churches, and he, I just read you 13 points on that, but then he also he also talked about word and spirit churches, and um, he said they would come back to the forefront when, just before Jesus comes back as, as we enter into a time of revival, and I think that revival time is going to be a time uh, uh, during a time of great upheaval worldwide, perhaps war, perhaps even world war before Jesus comes back. Yeah, I'm saying that. I see. I see it can happen. But listen to what he said. He, he lists here now. He lists 16 characteristics of a word and spirit church, a, a church, a spirit, a, a church where I'm sorry, where the the pastor will preach the word and flow with the Holy Spirit. So here are 16 characteristics of a word and spirit church. Number one, these churches are committed to the word of God, to Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit. And he lists First Timothy 4, 13 through 16 as a reference for that. Secondly, these churches teach the word of God and refuse to compromise doctrine. 
Number three, and there's some scriptures with this. If you want them, text me and I'll, or email me, you know. I will uh, email. Uh, I will email them back. Uh, uh, in fact, I have the list typed out. I'll send you the list. It's fine with me. Number three, they refuse worldly influences uh, through any person or source. Number four, these churches treasure and seek the Word of God and manifestations of the Spirit. Number five, pastors and church leaders spend lots of time studying the Word and praying. Number six, the message is preached in these Word and Spirit churches, are born in prayer and study of the Word and not by group consensus. Number seven, pastors minister with an anointing and flow in spiritual gifts as the Spirit wills. Number eight, pastors and church leaders walk closely with the Lord in thought, word, and deed. Number nine, these churches pray and seek God for everyone to be born again and Spirit-filled. Number 10, Church services are prayed out in advance and ministers implicitly follow the direction of the Holy Spirit for the meeting. Number 11, people are ministered to and refreshed by the Holy Spirit in these churches. Number 12, the messages preached require a response and the people are urged to grow spiritually. Number 13, the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit operate along with the ministry gifts. Number 14, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ are always welcome in these churches. Number 15, the Spirit of truth and the wisdom of God flow freely in these churches. Number 16, these churches are blessed by God and will eventually grow and flourish because they teach the Word of, of God and follow the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit very carefully. So, uh, you know, uh, with my heart, I, I want us to fulfill those 16 things and I just want to encourage you, if you're a part of Victory Church or you attend another church and you're just listening in on my podcast, maybe you live in another state or another city, or maybe you live in Raleigh and attend another church, that's fine with me. But, you know, my heart is I am I'm crying out and I, we're asking God for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Number one, in repentance among the people of God for our lethargy and for our lukewarmness, uh, that we would come back to our first love and Love Jesus with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, the way that he said in Matthew 22, and, and then love our neighbor as ourself. And, and then that we would really begin to long for um, God to do things among us as we collectively together gather together as, as the people of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul said, Do you not know that you are uh, the temple of God and that the Spirit of God um, dwells in you? And the Amplified Bible, you know, brings brings greater clarification to that. First Corinthians three sixteen scripture says, "Know know you not that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you individually, and then collectively as a group." So, that's real insightful. Every time you go to a local church, you create an environment for the Holy Spirit to manifest Himself. We need not forget that. And I think the COVID thing, you know, where people started attending church online and such and, and not coming to church as frequently as they used to, it's hindered the working and moving of the Holy Spirit in churches. And God's desperately wanting his people to understand that we make up the body of Christ. Jesus is the head and we are the individual members of the body of Christ. And if we're going to be the body of Christ... We can't be the body of Christ in a dissected way or in a way where we never get together, 
never meet with each other, never encouraging each other, and don't use the gifts that God's placed inside of us to benefit other people. No, we're a body when we get together and all of us recognize our place and all of us are used perhaps in different ways from each other um, uh, to, to minister to other people. God gives us all different skills, gifts, abilities, and talents, and he wants us to use them. When we get together as a body of believers, there we create an environment for the Holy Spirit to manifest. And this is just an appeal from a pastor's heart. I encourage you, if you're a believer, I encourage you, before you go to a church service, I don't care what, what day of the week the church service is, whether it's Sunday mornings or maybe you go to a church and they have Saturday meetings or Friday night meetings or Wednesday night or Thursday, whatever. When you go to a, Before you go to that church service, ask God to manifest himself by the Holy Spirit in that church service and ask God to give direction to the pastor who is really the moderator of, of the meeting of, of the believers that make up the local church and ask him to, to minister life to the pastor and deal with him about the direction of that particular service and, and the flow of the Holy Spirit in that service. And then ask God for spiritual gifts. There are nine spiritual gifts that function in the lives of those baptized with the Holy Spirit, the word of wisdom, as enumerated in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healings, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Those are nine spiritual gifts that operate in the lives of those baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Ask God for those gifts to manifest whatever church you attend. If you attend a, de a denominational church that doesn't preach and teach the baptism with the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, it's a day that you need to find a church where the power of God is flowing. And they believe in the Holy Spirit's power, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you're in a church that doesn't believe that, I encourage you to seek God and go find one where the Holy Spirit will manifest because we're living in a day that we need the power of God to break the chains of darkness off of our lives and shoo away all these influences from our culture that are trying to encroach on people's lives, on our children and on our grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera. We need the power of God today. So I encourage you, pray before you go to church. I've been doing this all of my life. Came to Jesus in 1976 and I don't know who told me to do it, but I began to pray for my pastor. I'd pray for my church. I'd pray for the services. You know, before we had church meetings, just asking God to manifest himself. And, you know, all through all these years, and now I've been here, like I said, for 30 years and almost 30 years. And, I, you know, every service I say, God, manifest yourself, minister life to your people. Sometimes God just wants the word to be preached in a strong time, way. Other times there will be manifestations of the Holy Spirit where there are healings. And sometimes God will deal with a pastor to speak on a subject that he didn't plan to, to speak on spontaneously by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that happens, not all the time. And uh, that doesn't mean that a pastor shouldn't study, prepare, and pray. It means he needs to get himself ready, and but be ready for what God wants him to do. And, you know, if we will do that, you know, I believe that we can usher in another awakening in the United States of America. We are desperate and ripe for an awakening of the presence of God. And it starts with repentance. It starts with recognizing our own lack and our need for Jesus and our, our need to be um, just filled with the Holy Spirit and turned on to Jesus and, and be involved in loving Jesus the way we did when we first came to him. And, you know, if we'll do that, we'll see a tremendous uh, surge in the spiritual dynamic of local churches, and it will draw people 
I'm telling you, the presence of God, once you taste of the presence of God, there is nothing else in life that can satisfy you the way that presence came, can, can. And I want to encourage you, seek God. Ask God to manifest himself in the local church that you attend. Again, if you attend Victory Church, Sunday mornings, we've got a, a prayer meeting. It lasts about 30 minutes. We start at 815 before our nine o'clock service. We'll pray for about 30 minutes or so. I encourage you to come and get involved in that prayer meeting pre-service. I'll tell you what it does. It, uh, so to speak, the analogy would be a plane going down a runway. Planes got to reach a certain miles per hour before the laws of lift and thrust take over from the law of gravity. And, um, you know, you've got to get the plane going. So we kind of get the spiritual plane going down the spiritual runway with our prayer meeting just before our service begins. And there is a noticeable difference in the atmosphere. And we talked about it this week with the staff team. Noticeable difference in the atmosphere when believers get together and pray. So we've got, you know, quite a, quite a bunch of people now that at 8.15 come with me. I'll usually lead the prayer meeting if I'm here. And we just pray for the meeting for 30 minutes. And then we go and chat with people as they come in the doors. And then we start service at 9. But uh, you know, again, the, the 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 plane is like it's already down the runway, and it's almost ready to take off. By the time we start with praise and worship, when we start our service at nine o'clock on time, I tell you the you can tell the spiritual plane is moving. I mean, it's moving. You can sense it when you begin to sing. And you know what? When we take off from there, the Holy Spirit ministers life to people. Um, you know, the the sense of despair and the sense of fear and the sense of trepidation that comes from living in all this mess that we're that we're in the middle of worldwide right now. It just falls off of you in the presence of God. It gives a fresh perspective. The Word of God takes a fresh tone in that atmosphere, and the Holy Spirit really does minister life. So, you know, if you're in the Raleigh area, you don't have a local church, you're invited to Victory Church. We have service at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. The Holy Spirit manifests in such a wonderful way many, many times. And, you know, our goal is to preach the Word strong and let the Holy Spirit move strong. So we've got a good group of people here that really are wanting all that Jesus has. And I encourage you to come and be a part of that if you're not part of a, a local church. If you're involved in a local church, be involved in your church and ask God to manifest himself in the church that you attend. Ask for the Holy Spirit to manifest. Again, if you're in a church, they won't allow the movings of the Holy Spirit. You need to find another church. I'm just going to be raw and real here. You need to find a place where God can do something. Uh, for, for your sake, for the sake of your children, here's another thing. If your church is meeting, you need to be there. I mean, you know, what is it saying to God if my church is meeting and I'm staying at home watching TV or watching a YouTube video or watching, watching a ball game or something? What am I saying to God when my church is having a spiritual meeting and I'm not attending because I got something else to do? I'm saying that something else is more important than him and his people getting together. So I'm saying that, man, listen, you got one chance to do this thing right, particularly with your children. And, you know, if my church is meeting and I'm not going and I'm letting my kids just hang out and play video games or do whatever and I'm not meeting with my local church, what kind of signal am I sending to my family? I'm saying that there, there are things that are more important than my local church meeting together. Friends, that's not true. If I'm a spiritual believer and I'm in the family of God, I need to be meeting with my fellow believers that God has joined me to 
when those doors are, for that ministry are open. Otherwise, I'm saying that I'm lukewarm and backslid, and we don't want to be that way today. So, y'all, I mean, listen, if we're going to walk with God and make a mark in the world and, and create an environment for the Holy Spirit to transform people's lives through the new birth and the baptism with the Holy Spirit and for people to be set free from all kinds of vices and problems and challenges, you know, now is the time. Now is the time to, to press into God. Now is the time to pray. Now is the time to seek him while he may be found and call on him while he's near, right, as Isaiah said. So um, it's just an encouragement today, y'all. Let's seek God with everything we are. He has more He has more for us than we could ever imagine or understand. And, you know, maybe you're a person and you've been disappointed in in the local church in general, maybe you've you've fallen away from God and how you do life with Him, and you've compromised in a number of areas. Well, you know what? If you repent, God forgives. That's what we all need to know. Uh, God's mercy is tremendous and great right now. And Scripture says, First John one nine, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. And you know what? You felt you've fallen into the trap of the flesh or you've gotten involved with the things in our culture that you know you just know in your heart are wrong or you know, you've just fallen away from God and, and your desire for him on the inside. If you'll just pour out and say, forgive me, God will forgive you and cleanse you. And you know what? If if you've allowed any varying types of sin in your life, you know you know what they are. If 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 you've been a believer and you're doing wrong, you know it. But you know what? There is forgiveness with God. You know what? He keeps short accounts. And he is for our best. He wants our best. If you'll cry out to him, he, he, will, he will help you today. And he will minister life to you. I feel, like, I feel like I'm talking to somebody you've known the Lord, but you've gotten away from him. Now, maybe you're, you're a person and you attend a local church. And uh, you know what? You're just going through the motions. If you'll pour your heart out. Oh, my goodness. You know, go back on our website this past Sunday. Uh, I think it was, uh, anyway, the second, uh, third, second Sunday of the year. Yeah, I think so. If you go back and, and, and listen to that, I, I tell you what, uh, the Lord had something to say about us getting close to him. God is always wanting us. And today he wants you. And he wants your heart to be in fellowship and communion with him. If you've compromised your spiritual life, The thing between you and God is your repentance. If you'll repent, immediately he comes close. Immediately he forgives. Immediately he cleanses. Immediately he restores your passion, your joy, your peace. Don't wait to do that. Do it now. and Get involved in your local church and ask God to do amazing, impossible things because he's the God of the impossible. Father, I thank you for ministering life to every person listening to this podcast today. Let there be a renewed sense of the presence of God in every person, and let the Spirit of God move deeply in us and then through us, in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you, my friend. I look forward to talking to you on our next podcast. God bless you. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope it blesses you spiritually and helps you grow closer to God. Before you go, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Um, Those simple steps go a long way to helping us reach new listeners that need to hear these messages. Also, I would love for you to reach out to me with any questions or comments you have about the topics I discuss. My email is pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com and it's in the show notes Uh, there on the screen you have. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.